I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast by the Takshashila Institution. We are a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like bringing fresh perspectives to Indian affairs and Indian perspectives to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hello, and welcome to All Things Policy. We learned from a recent story that uh, Afghanistan's national security advisor Hamdullah Mohib uh, had come to India and had talked about uh, the possibility of Indian peacekeeping troops being deployed in Afghanistan. Would this be a wise thing for India to do? To discuss this, I have with me uh, Pranay and uh, Manoj. I want to start with you, Pranay. Very simply, is it a good idea to have Indian boots on the ground? Not now. I don't think sending Indian troops is going to serve the final objective that we want, uh, and our Indian interest finally is. So we should take a step back, right, for answering this question. What will this achieve? So if our current interest is that finally the ANDSF and the Islamic State, Islamic Republic of Afghanistan gains a monopoly over the legitimate use of physical force will sending a division level troop or brigade level group help in achieving that maybe for the short term it might help but in the long term unless the capacity of the andsf itself is built it is not going to help achieve that so i think this move is not going to help us there but that doesn't mean india can't do much in the security domain we have argued that india can do a lot in order to help andsf gain the monopoly over the legitimate use of physical so prana just sort of taking a step further back from what you said how would one define what would be india's broader interests uh, what would be the political objective that we want to achieve in afghanistan uh, we know that there is a deal in the offing i mean as we are recording as we are having this conversation we know that there is a deal in the offing between the americans and taliban um there's been much made about the fact that there would be an indian presence during that particular signing and that's much has been made about the fact that oh this is one of those rare times when an indian official presence is there dealing with the taliban and we know that once the americans if not necessarily exit entirely exit by and large there would be different changes in afghanistan in terms of uh, however the government of afghanistan might control uh, territory use of force the taliban will be a crucial factor it will be a strong presence what are the challenges that, that throws for us because that's when we decided right? what do we do so how how would one conceptualize that okay so first of all let's understand the context right so yeah us is going to reduce its troops there is very little stamina for us to continue in afghanistan okay so there is more or less uh, concurrence across the se- sections in the us polity that this war is done we should reduce so this means us needs to reduce its uh, presence there uh, that's why they are doing a deal with taliban sirajuddin haqqani is writing op-eds for new york times and all that right so once that we've already crossed that stage what does this mean this means pakistan is definitely going to have a much larger say yeah. now even uh, because a large section of the taliban is controlled by pakistan is in pakistan so now also this taliban itself there are six factions within it uh, one is a qatar faction which the indian government is going to talk to yeah. is the news today in indian express right so there are these six factions but the larger and the most powerful faction is still the haqqani faction which is really bad news for india because these are the people who have used afghanistan territory to fuel terrorism into india in the past as well 
okay so we are heading towards that uh, situation where uh, willingly we'll end up with pakistan having a larger control extending its control over parts of afghanistan which is not good for india so we have to see from that perspective that we need to thwart pakistan's usage of afghans uh, and uh, usage of the territory against india okay so that's why we have been arguing that india's interest is this help build a strong stable afghanistan state which can resist pakistan's control over there hmm. so but just sort of playing devil's advocate hmm. here right if the threat is that you know folks like the haqqanis gain an upper hand in whatever the negotiation is and it's not like once the americans withdraw i mean whatever their terms of withdrawal may be there's talk that this will be a year long assessment process while you're reducing troops and there'd be some sort of a ceasefire in the interim period um, although they're not calling it a ceasefire also isn't it good for india that these guys are engaged fighting with each other in afghanistan as opposed to being free and then exporting uh, the haqqanis and those kinds of guys having the freedom and the capacity as opposed to competing with the afghan state which is what they were doing so far but that's not going to happen anymore now hmm. that's that's missing that yeah. you know so it, therefore uh, stability in that sense because it's not like you know the day this deal is signed or subsequently also hmm. that you're going to necessarily see a strong state emerge because uh, there's also lots of friction within the different guys who are ruling afghanistan right so that will continue see what is happening is it's not as if the ceasefire will be for a year or so like the currently they just agreed for a reduction in violence agreement for 7 days before this us and uh, taliban uh, agreement gets resolved after that at some point of time there will be an intra afghan dialogue yeah. but having said that so taliban is in the government by uh, officially formally informally whatever right and once they are in the government pakistan will use them whatever purpose it deems fit at least some factions of the taliban so we are heading towards that okay now let me also be devil's advocate two uh, devils <laughs> both both you know so the taliban is also its own creature while obviously it's dependent on pakistan wouldn't the taliban have some interest in reaching out to india and maybe cutting a deal with india we want we want allow our territory to be used against you something like that so that's where we have to that's why the six factions become important there might be some factions which might be thinking on these ground but not the haqqani group right like you have some groups which are uh, not that the margin right these are the real extremists in the extremists category so mm. the uh, they are not going to be talking to you so in fact india's role and influence is going to decrease there is going to be a strong pressure from pakistan to say that close the Allahabad consulate uh, remove the indian presence but there will also be some taliban factions which will once in the government will say that hey you know we still need a salma dam we still need a hospital right mm. so it's for us to at least talk to those factions and probably continue the good work that we are doing and which lot of afghans acknowledge hmm. so would you say that the fact that so far we've not i mean this is not a new thing that the americans have been talking to the taliban for a very long time now hmm. yet at least officially india has said we will not engage with them hmm. was that a mistake in hindsight i think india didn't talk overtly but i'm sure there must be covert talks with hmm. the taliban right but uh, what i would say is uh, again the thing depends on which faction of the taliban you are talking to is it the most powerful faction i'm sure we have been talking to taliban factions which are weaker which exist in it's not like one entity right which has really strong command and control so uh, that has happened and india's stance has not it's not been that we will not talk to the taliban it's been that 
you will support an afghan owned afghan uh, run uh, uh, process so now given that the afghan government is also will be involved then it's okay to talk so i, I think we are consistent in uh, that approach let's say that india does decide to support uh, the afghan forces uh, what would that support entail how would it ex- how would we india exactly go about it yeah so the way i conceptualize this is like any of india's military options that we look at we need to first identify the challenges which are faced by the andsf currently right and how can india then pitch in to solve some of those challenges some of them we can't do much some of them uh, we might be seeing at the wrong challenge right so uh, for that there was a study conducted by the combined services transition command of afghanistan so it's a us multinational organization which is charged with the planning programming and implementing reform of the ANDSF now ANDSF includes the police their special forces their army air force etc right so they identified basically 10 challenges which are faced by the ANDSF and counterintuitively like the most generally you would think what would be the biggest problem they don't have money right that's what we would feel but the top 10 challenges actually says that the biggest challenges are related to the decline in the quality of human resources and not so much about shortage of financial funds because financial funds are coming from a lot of countries which and they might still continue even if the us uh, reduces its troop levels right so from there some of the challenges uh, which are of note for india right the topmost challenge that andsf uh, faces that it lacks strong effective leader across their formations second it lacks standardized training at the national and regional level now this is clearly a subject where india has an expertise and a comparative advantage right and i'm sure india will be able to do this much better than us can right uh, given that we would be more at comfort with afghanistan and uh, the even they might even understand the language because some of them might know urdu and things like that right so uh, that helps so conducting training courses on afghan soil and even in india could address some of this problems so uh, training on afghan soil means that we send special units to do this training which are really small numbers so they won't be in formations which can be specifically targeted so that can happen next the study highlighted that you know over half of andsf casualties result from checkpoint attacks and they happen when the taliban are engaged in resupplying okay so now our own counter insurgency experience in jnk in the northeast it gives us a good idea of what it takes at a checkpoint what are the attacks that can happen at sector right so india can effectively train the uh, afghan national police to foil such attacks right so that is one another thing that the report found out was that the andsf physical infrastructure facilities are routinely in dis- uh, disrepair they impact the morale health and safety of andsf again a low hanging fruit for india right so an inspection team which is drawn from our logistic and support services the asc electronic and mechanical engineers etc can examine the status and provide some of the solutions to these problems and so overall if you see the budget itself might not be the biggest issue generally when we think of these we say oh india does not have money what to do right but that might not be the problem so uh, i looked at some stats overall us has been spending 3.6 billion dollars every year for the last 19 years on average and that might still continue for them it is not a big sum 
सो दैट मनी विल स्टिल बी देर बट प्रॉब्लम दे आर फेसिंग इज दे हैव द बजट नो वन इज एबल टू यूटिलाइज इट सो बजट आर अंडर यूटिलाइज बिकॉज ऑफ ऑल द एच आर प्रॉब्लम एंड दोज आर समथिंग्स विच इंडिया कैन डू राइट सो द बिगर प्रॉब्लम इज इनसफिशियंट प्रोसेस टू प्लान एंड एग्जीक्यूट बजट where we can pitch in of course uh, once the, the americans withdraw the afghan forces are, are basically going to lose an entire air force right uh, and india is not going to replace that how much of an impact will that make so af still has uh, a few uh, it's it's a very small unit but they still uh, have, have rotary wing aircraft and, and so even india gave mi 17 recently right so that will still continue it will take some time for them to build but uh, again us might be able to give these uh, uh, fund some of these equipments etc as well uh but the real challenges again in cha- training etc building that discipline force where india can pitch in okay now uh, finally i want to ask you india has generally had a very good image in afghanistan over the last several years uh but in the last one year we've had jammu and kashmir being bifurcated into two union territories we've had nrc and caa mm. uh do these impact the image of india in afghanistan actually it, it does and it also does uh, even when you look at indian military troops it plays out in two ways right one if you see the caa for an afghanistan person it might seem as being anti afghanistan as well right because you are saying that only hindu afghan refugees are uh, given some different treatment compared yeah. to so that is one smaller thing but the bigger thing is now look at it from a pakistan military jihadi complex angle right now if you have a, even a brigade level force there they can easily project you know this is the hindu army on muslim land even small attacks etc they will be trying to engineer those so as to you know project this idea so we have actually tied ourselves up because of the things that we've done domestically with respect to afghanistan on this specific question of sending indian troops it will be seen much more negatively now than it could have been in the a decade a year ago but by the way it was a bold idea it has been told a, a lot of times before and obviously people find many reasons to uh, just shut down a bold idea and everyone likes status quo but uh, at that point the idea was that uh why don't you send the indian troops there so that you can fight the war with pakistan there divert their energies on the durand line instead of them doing things on our side of the border so there are very good arguments in support of the indian troops being there but now the context has changed significantly with the us moving out uh and pakistan gaining a bigger strength and what we've done domestically so on those grounds i think it might not be the best idea now but having said that we must do things to support the military because we can't use our previous approach where india will do lots of things on the economics front and let the military be taken by the us that's not going to work now because us is also clearly at least having some reservations on that count Manoj I want to ask you uh, finally does China have any similar interests I mean we hear of Chinese troops in the Wakhan corridor it's somewhere akin to the idea that you know keep the conflict there keep the fighting there don't let it cross into your borders um and their interests are sort of very similar in that context that they want to but i'm not sure that they will be at all willing to pledge boots on the ground i don't think the chinese would be willing to do that at all they would want the pakistanis to do that heavy lifting just like how pranay calls the the pakistani army saudi arabia's armed forces mm. and the chinese would like to see it very similar in afghanistan that you know let them do whatever they need to do 
they're also looking at capacity building, right? They're looking at military training. They're looking at, they've worked with India on two things. One was uh, diplomats training, which was signed after the Wuhan meeting. And secondly, in the last week or so, 10 days or so, they've done a joint India-China police training for Afghan uh, officers. So they are working on all these sorts of aspects. Um, apart from that, they're sort of even in between this Pakistan-Afghanistan fight. Over the last couple of years, they've has established a trilateral foreign minister's dialogue. Uh, and the last one, when they met... Uh, I think it was October last year. They agreed to a whole bunch of things, uh, including specific trade areas, specific investment areas, opening certain borders and transit points between Afghanistan and Pakistan, which the Chinese would monitor for them. So they will uh, sort of place themselves in those sorts of positions where you can contain. But I don't see the Chinese being willing to put uh, boots on the ground in any which way. They see their uh, their influence can be extended by uh, leveraging Pakistan. Uh, but the challenge there is then you have to keep make sure that Pakistan for, stays in line. Principal agent problem. Yeah, that's the problem that they will then encounter, um, which I think they're already encountering. But I think until they keep Xinjiang safe, um, they'd be good. Until they can keep uh, Pakistan interested enough to protect BRI investments, uh, they'll be okay with it. The challenge is that I don't think that will be, you, you can do that segregation for a long period of time. Uh, it's, or it becomes much more costly to do it. Um, so to me, that's how I would sort of frame their perspective. They'd be happy with some sort of American presence. You know, back in 2003, 2004, there was a serious debate in India about uh, deploying troops in Iraq, even if these were in the Kurdish areas where there was no insurgency and so on. And uh, obviously that idea was shot down quite effectively. But I think Afghanistan is different. Uh, Afghanistan, India's uh, impinges quite directly on India's interests. And, and so is Sri Lanka different. Right? A lot of times whenever this idea of Indian troops sent elsewhere, people will just say, oh, but Sri Lankan experience. But it's quite different. The situation there was different. The people involved were different. The LTT at that time was not specifically against India. So there are f factors which are different. Yeah. I, I just want to, so the point that you were talking about, right, sending, making sure that the fighting is focused on the Durand end as opposed to, that was what I was trying to sort of obliquely get at when I was saying, right, you know, when these different factions come into play in the government eventually, they're already, like you said, already there, the Taliban is there, but the factions will be competing. And mm -hmm. therefore, rather than sort of, while you might be supporting one part of it, which is the Afghan government uh, or the forces that you described, it's also good to make sure that these factions keep fighting. So that their energies remain focused over there as opposed to the Haqqani sort of turning here or the Pakistani sort of being able to leverage them to turn towards India. A containable level of discord to be sown in that might be beneficial for India. That's That was the point that I was making. Without even troops being committed, but a reasonable amount of discord within that administration might not be the worst thing for India. Yeah, I think that is going to happen regardless <laughs> okay. of what India <laughs> does or not, right? Because, yeah, there will be uh, some of the factions in Taliban which are going to be which are going to be against the Afghanistan's idea. Yeah. Uh, and also remember the Taliban, there are not many takers for the Taliban's idea, even in Afghanistan. Yeah. Right? It's the youngest country in the world most people are really young they don't even recall the Taliban of that time they weren't born by then they are now used to mobile phones they are used to a new way of living so there are going to be these uh, fractions and then there are going to be warlords as well they, they are going to see a sign that maybe we need to beef up our own arms because Taliban has come in so yeah. all those things are going to play out regardless of what India does uh, but we have to look at our interests also 
Yeah, I think it's fair to say the Afghan that Afghan society of 2020 is very different from the one in 2001, and the strategic situation is also very different. So anyway, thank you Pranay and thank you Manoj, and thank you for joining us on All Things Policy. If you liked our show, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcast.com, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy, and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle at Takshashila Inst or our website takshashila.org.in.